You're listening to episode 122 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Emerson Agarich. And we're talking about the fact that there is a man and a boy who has a need. And what we're talking about is confronting that behavior respectfully, but also going a little bit deeper. He has a need for me to believe in him, to believe in the call that God has on him, to believe in the gifts that God has given to him. Now, he's a child, and Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned as a child, I spoke as a child, but when I became an adult, I did away with childish things. And so we're dealing with a childish individual. We're talking about an immature person. But as a mother, you, you speak words of respect, and those honorable words are the things that are going to motivate him to become the man that you long him to be. You can't motivate him to become a loving man on the heels of coming across to him in a way that feels disrespectful. I know, I know it's another episode about mothers and sons, but I promise you, moms to daughters, please still listen to this episode because Dr. Eckerich, if you're not familiar, he wrote the book, Love and Respect. It uh, transformed millions of marital relationships because we finally understood how men and women are equal but different, how women can leave an argument feeling unloved and the same argument the husband can feel disrespected. Well, after that book's release, he got contacted by so many moms of boys and how they could apply this message to that relationship. So he and I are going to talk about the importance of respect and how you interact with your boys, but he also brings in thoughts on moms and daughters, uh, dads and daughters. I think that for me, it's changed how I interact with my boys and how I help them interact with each other. I've also seen it impact how I counsel my son with interactions with his friends, how I counsel them with interactions with their teachers. It's a game changer. So huge. And before we get to the interview, though, I want to give a shout out to this week's sponsor. Have you all checked out Jelly Telly yet? I hope you do. With all the screens available to us, Jelly Telly is a place where God is real and his word is true. It was co-developed with VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer, and you can get it on iOS, Android, Kindle. But here's the thing I really wanted to focus in on today. Jelly Telly is also a great resource for you and your family to walk with God. They have these brand new five-minute family devotionals. So it's like a smart, fun, fast little video devotional that helps you start these conversations with your kids about God. You can like watch it and then keep the conversation going while you're at the pool or driving wherever, eating popsicles, while you're on the go this summer. So get those devotionals plus 90 or more Christian shows and movies for only $4.99 a month or $39.99 for the whole year. If you go to godcentermom.com backslash jellytelly, you can check them out and use the special coupon code. Don't forget, it's all caps God Center, just for God Center Mom listeners, and you get $5 off or your first month of Jelly Telly free. Nothing to lose. Just try it out. See what y'all think this June. All right, let's get right to my interview with Emerson. Here we go. Welcome, Emerson, to the God Center Mom podcast. I am so thankful to have you on the show. Well, I'm excited about being here, especially your four sons. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> I know. And my listeners know that I am kind of selfish and that I pick guests to help me out. And then they get to, <laughs> they get to go on the journey of uh, learning with me. So I, I really, I really have poured over your book, the new book, Mother and Son, The Respect Effect, and super enlightening for me. So thank you for writing that. Well, no, thank you for reading it. I'm 
uh, excited about it as well. And uh, it's really a unique niche. I mean, when we talk about mother and son, the respect effect and the idea of using respect talk toward your boys or that uh, showing respect toward your sons, the immediate response on the part of most mothers, because mothers love their boys, uh, boys are not always obedient. <laughs> uh, I was sent to military school from age 13 to 18, so I, really? I know wherein I speak on that. But yeah. it, I think the basic attitude is, Emerson, how do I get my son to show me respect? I don't, this mm. isn't about me showing respect to my son. This is about getting him to be more respectful, more obedient. Mm. In fact, I love him beyond my own life. I would die for him if I don't kill him first. And, <laughs> and then how, how in the world am I, you know, to get him to be more loving and respectful? That's really the heart of the issue. And if he were more loving and respectful, then he's going to succeed as a young man. And now you're coming out of left field here and suggesting that I need to respect my son, which is even maybe suggesting that I'm not. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I think you have gained respect from people in your whole message that you started with in marriage. And so the even though moms would think that, I automatically was like, this guy knows he's, knows what he's talking about because your explanation of love and respect in marriage is like, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense. I see that cycle when it goes negatively. I see that cycle when it goes positively. When I respect my husband well, he loves me better. When I when he loves me better, I respect him, and then the opposite. So when you started noticing moms applying it to their son relationships, is that what cued you in that you needed to write this book? Well, exactly. It was uh, hundreds of mothers, Heather, that began to email me who went to the Love and Respect Marriage Conference that you just referenced. Yeah. And they were blown away. It was revolutionizing their relationship because mothers have as their number one goal to connect mm-hmm. with their, their children and their sons in particular. They, generally speaking, connect more naturally with their daughters that we can address in a moment. Yeah. But women... Mothers, they talk about, oh, I'm, I'm connecting with my son in wonderful ways, or we're not connecting. I just don't feel connected. I feel disconnected. I, this is a huge uh, concept among women that men will hear women talk about, but don't always track what women intuitively know and feel about all of that. So the, the driving, compelling desire in the heart of most mothers is to connect with their sons. And I was getting emails back from others saying, I'm connecting with him in ways I never uh, thought possible. I only imagined this happening. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, my wife, we've been married since 1973, Wheaton graduate as well yes. as I am, and uh, those connections you have there. Yeah. Uh, but Sarah put, put me onto this as well. And so it was actually the women who began to communicate this to me. And you referenced earlier about the love and respect for your audience. It's based on Ephesians 5.33. A husband is commanded to love his wife. And a wife is commanded to respect her husband. Now, there isn't any debate on the first part of that verse. But <laughs> women will say, but Emerson, I don't feel any respect for him. It'd be hypocritical for, show, for me to show respect to my husband when I don't feel it. And I know you don't want me to be a hypocrite. He's not superior to me. That's the dictionary definition of respect. You show respect to your superiors. I'm not inferior to him. I'm not going to be treated like a doormat. Everybody knows respect must be earned. And honestly, he hasn't earned it. He doesn't really deserve it. He's not as loving in a relationship as I am. I'm not going to give him license to do what he wants to do. I'm not going to return to male patriarchy and fear male dominance. I'm certainly not going to come in with pom-poms and just cheer him on and give him false praise. And I'm not going to subject myself to emotional abuse. But other than these things, Dr. Emerson, I am really open to hearing what you have to say about this. Right. 
And right. Heather, this is this is what we're up against because women are good spirited. They're not mean spirited. When they go through that mantra, there isn't a mean bone in their body. There's a fear that underlies this, and particularly the fear that I'm going to feed the narcissism and the egoism and the arrogance that I think is in my husband in a way that's not in me. And when you then, Emerson, talk about sons, what you're really talking about here is feeding this male part that isn't, in our view, healthy, that we really don't like, is not sweet, is not nice. And so I'm not going to feed this ego or this narcissism. Well, mm. but what women begin to realize is that men serve and die for honor mm-hmm. and that men uh, are highly motivated by issues of honor. We don't see it as narcissistic. We go to the gladiator, the movie, and we weep. We go the, to the movie Saving Private Ryan and we weep. Right. We go to the movie Sleepless in Seattle and we sleep. You know, <laughs> there are these, these differences that exist in right, us. And right. so the question is, what is it that motivates another person? And what we then put back on the marital radar screen is the key to motivating your husband is by meeting a need that he has that you don't always track with. But when you respond in a way that sounds and feels respectful to him, as you communicate to him things about him that you are upset about, he'll stay engaged. But when you show contempt toward the spirit of your husband, that is though you're using this topic as another opportunity to send him a message that you find him horribly inadequate and you don't have any feelings of respect for him, he'll completely withdraw from that in the same way that a wife will not respond to harshness and anger. Well, once these wives awaken to this, they said, I think, I think this message will apply to my, my son. Mm. And they began to apply it and they saw a connection, a responsiveness that they thought they could never really get. From age four on, the boy is seen more than the baby. I had a woman write and say, you know, when he was a baby, he was so sweet and precious. Now he's all boy and not as sweet. Mm-hmm. And inherent in that comment was there's something about maleness that isn't sweet. It's mm-hmm. unacceptable. It's inadequate. Mm-hmm. And they, they feel uncomfortable with it because the boys are not responding like girls. But once they saw this respect message and how to use it, it was like a revolution came about in their relationship. I think what was helpful for me when I was reading a part of the book was the example of uh, a mom and a daughter, which I don't have daughters. I was one, though. And how women can or moms to engage in conversation with their daughters might bait them with a a criticism or or some comment and the daughter will re-engage and it may be a little bit of a battle but they'll end up on the bed talking it out for a half an hour but then the mom tries that with the son and he just withdraws and and leaves the room it it doesn't have the same impact because because their filters are different to your words the same Yes. I mean, that's perfectly said. Go ahead. I didn't want to. No, no, no. I I mean, I just that to me really struck me as, oh, my goodness. I mean, there were so many there's so many pages underlined uh, in your book. But that really struck me in that simplistic idea of how am I approaching my boys to get them to talk to me and and how it differs with how I interact with women. That's exactly right. And that's a huge point that I've been making, been doing a lot of interviews. And I, I talk about this pink and blue difference in the boy, the teen boy, let's say, and the teen daughter, or even the, you know, the, the preteen. Mm-hmm. There is this maleness and femaleness. And this is why it's confusing to mothers, because mothers are filled with love and they need to continue to be loving. And one of the points we want to make is no mother should move into shame. This is not, if she hasn't done some of this, it's not the end of the world. Even if her son is 
is 48 years old. And we'll talk about that maybe before we're done. Yeah. But one of the challenges is that the mothers are not filtering their reactions and and, and actions through the, the disrespect grid. They don't see themselves as trying to be disrespectful. They feel hurt. They feel the son needs to change. They feel he's not as loving as he ought to be. She feels provoked by his disobedience. And so she's doing what she believes is the most loving, caring thing to help him mature. But right. here's the thing. When you have this teen daughter who does something wrong on a Tuesday night, mother will come at her, as you said, bait, or I use the word, she'll just bend. She'll go into this whatever mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. confront it. And they'll end up in the bed, as you referenced, legs crossed, looking at each other for the next half hour. And then finally, the daughter says, well, I'm sorry, mom. You know, I shouldn't have said that. Well, honey, no, I'm sorry, really. You need to forgive me. I was really, I overreacted there. Will you forgive me? Yes, mom, I forgive you. But will you forgive me? Yes. And then they (laughs) hug, they wipe the tears off, and they're good to go. The next night, she confronts her teen son in the exact same way, maybe on the exact same topic. He completely shuts down. He withdraws. He's moody. He's angry. He wants nothing to do with her. And the mothers are concluding, there's something wrong with my boy. There is something that's not happening. We're not connecting. He's not hearing my heart. That's because the University of Washington studied 2,000 couples for 20 years. And they said when a woman is upset, whether she's a wife or any, her, 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 her eyes darken, the face turns sour, the hand on the hip, the scolding finger, the sigh, the mm-hmm. rolling of the eyes, mm-hmm. the head goes back. And when estrogen kicks in chemically, the word choice of disrespect yeah. is right on the tip of her tongue. Women fight with words. They don't fight with fists. And so they can communicate. But women, this teen daughter and other women, instinctively know she's hurting. She is communicating something out of her pain, and she's doing so because she deeply cares. Right. But she doesn't mean what she says. You, like, well, make that assumption well, a lot both. of times. They're, they're both. Yeah. Yeah. She, she does mean what she says because it needs to be said. <laughs> But there's also a lot of times women will say, yes, I was disrespectful toward my husband, but he should know I didn't mean it. Mm. And that's that's why she wonders why he's so upset with her. But mm. the, the point is the University of Washington, after they studied these 2,000 couples, said that reaction in a man's world are all gestures of contempt. Mm. The man and the boy, here's the message, that you're really using this topic as an opportunity to send me a message that you find that I'm inadequate as a human being Mm -hmm. and that you don't respect me because of it. Mm -hmm. But here's something even more so. A lot of times she doesn't intend to send that message, but sometimes she does. You are inadequate and I don't respect you. (laughs) But however, it's all about love. And all that matters is that we love each other. But right now, no, I don't feel any respect for you. I don't respect you. And I find you horribly inadequate. Well, that's like a a father saying to his daughter, you know, come on, no one's really going to be able to love you because of your attitudes, your drama, the way in which you're lippy. I mean, I don't know of any man that's going to be able to love you. And besides, the only way you're going to do something with me is if I'm harsh and angry with you. And so the husband, the father says, you know, my daughter obeys me when I'm harsh and angry at her and I really kind of put her in her place. And every woman would be up in arms by saying, you may get her to obey in that instant, but you're going to lose her heart. Mm -hmm. And so, too, when you communicate on an ongoing basis to the son, you know what? I find you inadequate, very inadequate. I don't respect you because of it. Not only is your behavior not respectable, I'm beginning to wonder if you have an honorable ounce in your body. (laughs) And you'll lose his heart. You'll lose his heart. So that's the challenge that we're extending. But here's what we say to a mother who is saying, okay, well, how do I do this? Right. Let's define. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Go ahead. define respect. Let's just, I mean, I think we're saying respect, respect, but maybe each of us have our own definition of what that is in their mind. And I loved how you defined it in the book. Well, that- it, it's a positive regard toward the spirit of your son mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. you're confronting him about things that are anything but positive. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's something like this. You say to your son, when you're spitting mad at him, you don't have to stop being spitting mad. Boys can, they, their coaches yell at boys, but they never send the me- coaches never send the message of contempt. So you say, I'm not trying to show you disrespect right now, okay, when I confront your misbehavior. I'm seeking to address the issue at hand, all right? I do not respect what you did, but that differs from my belief in you and the respect I feel for the man I envision you will become. Let's mm-hmm. take five minutes to calm down and revisit the matter respectfully. Mm-hmm. The point mm-hmm. we make here is when you use these vocabulary words on top of your love, you don't stop loving him. You don't stop saying, I love, 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 love you. Keep doing that. But in the moments of conflict, make sure that you have within this. You know, if you say to him when you're upset, I love you, he knows that. Right. But he, he doesn't think you like him or respect him. He said, well, he shouldn't feel that way. He's a male. The research that's been done on the brain, and there's so much research out there, but on teen girls, for instance, they have discovered that uh, she goes crazy. Relationship conflict is what drives a teen girl's stress system wild. Wow. When she, she needs to be liked and socially connected at that high school level, preteen level. But they discovered that the boys weren't going wild over that. What they were reacting to was the feeling, you don't respect me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is the difference between what we're saying here between the, the boy and the girl. And the mother needs to realize that even though she's not intending to send that message, she needs to ask herself, is that which I'm about to say going to sound hugely disrespectful toward his spirit? Mm-hmm. I, you can be disrespectful about his behavior. It's not, he mm-hmm. doesn't even respect what he did. Right. But that's different than communicating, you know what? I have a view of you that's different than Jesus Christ. You're created in the image of God. He loves your inner spirit. He, the image of him is there. But you know what? I find that despicable. What you did was wrong. The outside versus the inside. That's correct. Yeah. And I think that's the 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 key for me was when I read those words that it's not your respect is not approval of the behavior. Never. You're respecting the spirit. You're honoring who God made him to be, like you just said. But when boys act out so many times as moms, we say, why did you do that? Which implies a inherent, you're a bad person who did a bad thing. Instead of, don't even ask the question why they did it. They don't know why they did it. <laughs> they Like sometimes they literally just act out of an impulsivity, I believe. I mean, I'm not a boy, but they just do it. And so if we talk about that behavior versus the, the person behind it um, and separate it, I think was huge for me was the line you said, it's not a popularity contest. You can still establish it. You still have to require that they uh, keep your trust, that this isn't a free for all, that they can do whatever they want. You still have to hold boundaries because your goal is not to have a popularity contest with your kiddos. Um, you still need to, to hold the line of, of this is, this is okay. This is not okay. But the tone, see, hearing the word positive tone towards their spirit, I was like, Oh, Oh, yes. Okay, that convicts me, not condemns, because we're not condemning moms today, but it convicts me to help me frame my interactions better. Oh, beautifully said. Wonderfully said. And and that and you represent the, the longing of every mother. Uh, you know, I had a mom, and mothers adore their boys. They love their boys. 
But when those boys are doing what you have just referenced, <laughs> boys are risk less risk averse. Uh, yeah. Who discovered the parachute? I predict it's a man jumping out of a tree with a sheet over his head. <laughs> all right. After yeah. many broken legs. Yeah. And, oh. and however we want to say it, all the research points out that boys are more aggressive. And that will manifest itself early on in some very negative ways. Mm-hmm. But that is also part of God's design. And mm-hmm. so what you want to do is confront the behavior that's inappropriate. But all you have to do is do it honorably mm-hmm. and, and come across in a way that sounds honorable toward his spirit. I know you're having fun. Uh, I, I see what you were doing. However, this is unacceptable in our home. We're not going to do that. You're not respecting dad uh, and all the hard work when he got this new furniture for me. We're not going to bounce on it because it's not honoring to dad. Mm-hmm. A mother talked to me about how she began to introduce that language and her boys were totally different. Also, when they fought with each other, she said, up to this point, our two boys, I said, be nice to each other. And yeah, for a second, they, the would, they would be nice for a second. But then she says, you're not respecting your brother. You're not doing what's honorable here. And he's not honoring you either. Now, you two boys are boys of honor. You're going to react to each other more respectfully here. I don't expect you to be perfect. None of us are perfect. Your mother's not perfect, even (laughs) though I know you think I am. The fact is you are to react here more respectfully. And she said when she introduced that language, the boys got it. Their Mm -hmm. whole demeanor shifted. They just Mm -hmm. were different. In the same way that you say to a, a daughter, you know, I, I, you are a loving, nurturing young woman who cares deeply for people. But what you just said there was out of line, honey. Oh, mom, I feel horrible. Is that how I came across? You see, when you appeal to that nature and all the research points out that women are nurturers, it is the virtue that God has given humanity. All the research in caregiving, women care. They care deeply. And I thank God for that. That is huge. It's within her nature. And everyone knows that. We see a little girl running down the street with a doll under her arm, and she stops to take care of it and feed it. We all get that. But we're losing touch with the boy. We see him picking up a stick as a rifle. We think he's going to turn violent rather than asking him what he's doing. He's protecting the innocent against the enemy. And that's the very thing that compels the boy to die for his girlfriend. It took place in Colorado, Aurora, when that man opened fire in that theater. And three girlfriends walked out of that theater alive. And many women in the media were stunned by how is it that these men died for their girlfriends? Because the guys threw themselves over the body of those three girls. They took the bullets. They died. And the girls walked out of that theater. And these women were stunned. There isn't one man, Heather, in this culture that was stunned by that. We feel this compelling desire to protect. It's in us. It's there. So when he picks up the cheese, one woman, she was trying to keep guns from her son. And I understand that. I applaud at one level. But she said she gave up on that mission when she had a friend over for her boy and they were making guns out of the cheese sandwich. No, I mean, yeah, you have boys long enough, you realize whether we have an actual gun or not, there's going to be something. Legos turn into guns. <laughs> Sticks turn into guns. I had a mom at a playground once. She said, does anyone know that boy over there with the stick? And I was like, yeah, that's my son. <laughs> he was riding it like a horse. He was galloping yes. around the playground. She's like, well, I just don't want him to hit anyone with it. And I'm thinking, yes. well, yes. he's not. If he does, I will take the stick away and it will be over. We don't need to like think ahead three steps as if he might act out when he's just being a boy and pretending. But I think, you know, I think inside of you, I hear a lot of your, you're trying to combat a a culture that is 
maybe fighting you on this line of love versus respect, male versus female. And in my mind, I mean, like you said, uh, you're not saying that they're not equal. You're saying that they're different. And I think when we as women uh, consider the fact (laughs) that the research is showing, like you said, we know inherently that I don't understand where my boys are coming from. I don't always understand where my husband's coming from. So that inherently means there's a difference. And if I can maybe uh, take myself down from the defensiveness of trying to prove that I'm less equal and just think, okay, they're different. So when I'm talking to my sons, when I'm talking with my my husband, um, put on that filter of, okay, how are they seeing my words? I mean, since reading your book, it's every interaction, I'm like, how did that one come off? Did that come off as disrespectful? I'm I'm aware of this now. And it's, I think, less of me worrying about, you know, any kind of argument of male, female, and more just it's helping me resolve um, conflict in my home and helping my boys, like you said, you know, meet, meet their need, which is a mom's goal. You want to care for them. And you even have an acronym guide to help moms know, you know, what area of my boy is needing a little bit of help or attention? And um, do you want to run through those five things real quick well, for everybody? I mean, you just, I mean, you said so many tremendous things <laughs> and, and that's exactly right. And I think one of the things uh, that backing up just a moment, we're yeah. really talking about a need. Mothers yeah. love to meet needs. And the question yeah. on the table is because we're equal, does that mean we're the same? Mm. In our culture, we've had this idea that because we're equal, and we are in the eyes of God, every Christ follower needs to say we are equal in the eyes of God. There is no question about that. Yeah. But no, neither Jesus, male nor female, right? Yeah. Yes, in that yeah. equality sense. But Jesus yeah. said, have you not read? He who made them from the beginning, made them yeah. male and female. Yeah. And so as, as you point out, we're not wrong. We're just different. So how, how does a mother process these behaviors and attitudes in the boy? And some of it's going to be unacceptable that has to be then uh, corrected, but, but we're saying you can do that respectfully without losing power. Mm-hmm. A person, you know, I, I used to, I wrote the book Love and Respect in the Family, and there I talk about children need to honor father and mother. The whole book is dealing with honoring father and mother and how to get your sons and daughters to to respect you as the authority figure. That's, that, that's the whole book, and that's what it's about. But when this mother-son book is a little bit different, and we're talking about the fact that there's a man and a boy who has a need. And what we're talking about is confronting that behavior respectfully, but also going a little bit deeper. He has a need for me to believe in him, to believe in the call that God has on him, to believe in the gifts that God has given to him. Now, he's a child. And Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned as a child, I spoke as a child. But when I became an adult, I did away with childish things. And so we're dealing with a childish individual. We're talking about an immature person. But as a mother, you, you speak words of respect. And those honorable words are the things that are going to motivate him to become the man that you long him to be. You can't motivate him to become a loving man on the heels of coming across to him in a way that feels disrespectful. And that's what you're getting. But mm-hmm. a mother might be saying, well, what, what does this sound like? How do you do this? Yes, this, yes. This, this mother of 11-year-old said, here's what I now say. I really respect what you have to say. Or I respect the way you handle that situation. Mm-hmm. Or I really respect how you're taking initiative to get things done and follow through with. Mm-hmm. She said, these things have made my son smile like I have never seen. Mm-hmm. She said, I talk more about respect with regard to sporting events and showing respect for other opponents 
My son knows without a doubt that I love him. Let me mm-hmm. insert every mother. Keep telling you love him. Don't stop doing that. Now, though, she said, I feel he knows that I value him, mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. which I may not have done so well in the past. And in fact, this mother wrote, and this is disheartening, but this is what I think many mothers are feeling. She said, if my son does something that is not worthy of respect, I can quickly fall into this trap of disappointment and even disdain. That was her word, yeah. disdain. Yeah. She said, it then gives me a feeling of, oh, he might never change. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like a bad mom yep. because I feel indirectly that his behavior is somehow my fault or reflects on me. After mm-hmm. this, I probably give off this attitude of disappointment. And I know only too well that my son can tell. The very hardest thing then is to see your son defeated and down. Mm. And she says, as mothers, we practice and look for ways to love. But maybe more importantly, we should be looking for opportunities and ways to respect our sons. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a a situation analogy? Like, let's say, uh, let's see, what's a good example? Something where we could... uh, your son doesn't pick up an area of the house that he was assigned to pick up. And one way a mom could respond and then versus another way she could respond with respect talk. Right. One of the things we don't want to do is overuse it, but let's yeah. take that as an illustration because he's yeah. going to, the, parenting is a process and just Howard Hendricks, you say, and finally, when you're competent, you're out of a job. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so, exactly. The guinea pig oldest. Yeah, it's a process. It's a process. I have three adult children. My oldest just turned 40, and and I'm only four years older than he is. So, I don't know. But (laughs) so, you have this uh, process. And what you want to make sure is that the children want to come home for Christmas and Thanksgiving, but you're not running the popularity contest. But it's a matter of you being a dignified woman on an ongoing basis. But to your question about picking up things, yeah. instead of saying, you know, I can't believe how disobedient you are. You never listen to me. I keep telling you to do this stuff. I give, give, give to you all day long. I, I made your special dessert last night. And this is the this is the gratitude. You can go that line. Did you, you record say, me in my house before? <laughs> how did you know that word for word? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or you can have these moments where, son, you know, picking up stuff isn't as important to you. I understand that. But you would really honor me as an honorable young man if you would do some of these basic things because I'm having to do all of this stuff. And sometimes I just don't feel that that's fair to me and I don't feel that's honorable. Talk to me for a moment. How can I motivate you to do the honorable thing without making you feel badly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't say that every day. But, no, you know, but, if you it's a, it, but if it's a recurring situation where yes. yeah. then you appeal, you appeal to a sense of honor, you motivate. I have an expert in, in who, who works with uh, kindergarten through uh, fifth grade. And he said across the nation, he does this and he's he's a love and respect fan. He's applied this. He tells teachers that you have to respect a boy into obeying. Yes. And most women are you know, teachers and they're the mother type and they're trying to love the boy by trying to appeal. But we're having incredible results when there is this appeal to him and asking the question, what would be the honorable thing to do here? Mm-hmm. What would be the respectful thing to do? Mm-hmm. If you asked your brother to pick up something for you or to put your bike away and it was stolen, would you feel honored and respected by that? Yeah. No, mom. Well, I'm just appealing to you. I know tomorrow you might not pick it up. It's no big deal at one level. But you could work with me and do the honorable thing and be part of my team like your Navy SEAL and we're in this mission together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually, in reading the book, thought 
okay, is the next book he does, is it going to be like teachers and kids? Because uh, having sons and a lot of, so far, all their teachers to this point have been female teachers. Uh, I can see the ones they have that are respectful and not shaming. They just would do anything for the loyalty, the perseverance in their studies is so high. The ones who they feel shamed by, who, who, it, they may be loving in their touch, but at their words, they're very disrespectful. They are like, forget it. I'm out. Peace out. I'm not doing anything else for that lady. Uh, so such a vital for any teacher listening that's a female and has boys in her classroom and is struggling with um, some of them, I think, applying these. I was, I was going to say something on that. I mean, that's yeah. a very profound insight, Heather, that you just brought forth. I mean, when we stop and think about this, it's so obvious. I mean, yeah. we all know, we, we've seen that. We see yeah. that. Why is it that some female teachers, why are some mothers so effective with boys? Because they intuitively or they very consciously are aware of this. I know that those boys are driving that one teacher who's honoring them nuts. They, they, mm-hmm. they, the, the problems are with boys. And our solution today is medicate the boys. Right. But these women say, no, no, I will use honor and respect over a period of time. And the loyalty and the commitment, and as you mm-hmm. pointed out, the motivation – this is why I'm trying to call the country to awaken to this because this is so simple to do. It takes some self-control. As I say, even in marriage, the question is, is your husband really not that respect, respectable or is your proclivity when upset to be very disrespectful? The same way as I say, your wife, is she really that unlovable or when you're upset, you just react in unloving ways? Mm-hmm. I take the position that my response is my responsibility. And ultimately, yes. you don't cause me to be the way I am. You reveal the way I am. Therefore, as a mother, we need to step back. If I'm always reacting in a way that I would really be embarrassed about if it was videotaped, then I need to see that, you know what, this may be, uh, I've got a fly in the wall and, you know, I don't like the fly in the wall. So I'm taking my husband's shotgun and I'm killing the fly. Mm -hmm. Well, you got the fly, but you can wave at your neighbor through the hole. It's what we call overkill. And and there can be too much of a negative reaction. Some of these school teachers they got it. They said, you know what? He's irritating me. I'm annoyed, but I'm going to speak. You're becoming an honorable man, Joey. What you did was not honorable. I want you to walk between classes. I want you not to push the girls. An honorable man will be more responsive. We've got a good friend who's been substitute teaching. She's got the book and she's been calling Sarah says, I am applying this to these boys that are acting out. Sarah, this is unbelievable the way the boys soften. They don't become soft, but they they become respectful. They respond. Right. And if they get out of line, you call them back, and it's a process. But the difference between using respect talk and not using respect talk is the difference between night and day with boys who are not behaving. When you even think of the classic movie of any uh, teacher who goes into an inner city school and these kids are totally unruly and out of control and there's nothing good coming out of this place. And he comes in and he actually calls them to det- like treats them respectfully and that he sets a standard. He sees them as individuals. He, uh, you know, inspires them that someone believes in them, believes that they were put here for a purpose, sees their spirit, doesn't see the behavior, but sees the spirit and it transforms the classroom. And it's this big hurrah story, right? Uh, huge, huge, huge. I mean, yeah. you see the same thing with a coach. Some others say, how yeah. in the world that coach is yelling at my son? Yeah, but see, <laughs> what's going on with that relationship, he believes in that boy. Mm-hmm. You're the best quarterback I ever had. 
Why did you throw that interception there? I've told you how many times not to do that. You're a gifted athlete. I can't believe you just did that. If you don't do this, we're not gonna, we're not gonna succeed. And then everybody who thinks I'm a great coach isn't gonna happen when you and I both know that we're gonna win because of you. But we, you see, right. if, if the coach's act- motivation is, yeah, correct it, like direct that, respecting. Exactly. Yeah. The deposit here is honor, respect, talk, giving that message while you're making the withdrawal based on his misbehavior. And if you do that, it'll stay balanced. Teachers have been saying to me, they see these single parents, sometimes single mothers because she's exhausted. My mother was a single parent for six years with me. But she said it's between uh, hostility and appeasement, hostility and appeasement, hostility and appeasement. I call it the teeter-totter. She's going back and forth. She feels guilty on the heels of hostility, so then she makes his favorite cake. And then he disobeys, and she's back into hostility. It's too extreme. Because she's longing for that love. That's correct. That's correct. And at the end of the day, can you derive your emotional needs from an eight-year-old boy? He, He needs you to speak into his life as a woman of dignity, and when he's 27, he'll be calling you on the phone every week to see how you're doing. But if you speak contempt to him, he can hardly wait to leave. And so we have to challenge women here with the idea that we are for you. We're for your connection with this boy. And this book, Respect Talk, will help you along that process. Now, he won't walk on water. This is not a formula. (laughs) No. And and there's a fine line between motivation and manipulation. But Mm. what we do find is there's less negative reaction. And Mm. there will be moments of connection that will be very refreshing. So huge. And, you know, I've heard you say respect, and you said that's a positive tone towards his spirit. And honor, in our house, we have used uh, a definition of it's treating, doing above and beyond what's expected or treating someone special. So if the president came over, you wouldn't just, like, throw a paper towel next to a plate and grab a, cu- a fork. You would, like, set the table. There'd be a nice spread. You'd go above and beyond just setting the table. And so, you know, don't just put your shoes on. Maybe go get your brother's shoes, and that's how you would honor him. But uh, I also, I love, I know you probably have to go, but you had said at the end of the book, don't just say, I respect you. I respect you. I respect you as a direct, I mean, we should replace it with, I love you sometimes and, and use the respect talk more than we have been, but we can't overuse it. Like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Because then it becomes disingenuous and they don't really hear it. And so I liked the six areas you laid out for different places we can look for speaking about respect talking about how he's a he's a boy man of conquest hierarchy authority insight relationship sexuality like speaking into all those which the acronym is chairs but then you can say you know i love your hard work on building that lego jet or um i appreciate you want to be protective of your sister or um and with authority you want to do the right thing anyway i just i thought those were really helpful so that I can have eyes to see. Do you have any thoughts about Yeah, the book is, I tried it. Yeah, exactly. It's two templates put together so that you have hundreds of scenarios based on the ages and stages. So it's kind of like, it may feel a little repetitive, but it's kind of like a woman complaining, you know, that book on how to prepare chicken had a hundred recipes on chicken. (laughs) They certainly repeated chicken quite a bit. Right, 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 right. This is a book, this is a book on respect talk. But then the other side, women say, I just need examples. I need examples. So then we've given thousands of examples yes. that will be very helpful, hopefully, to step through it. And what you said earlier, women are expressing love all the time. God put that within your heart. Love you, love you. Say goodbye to your mother. Love you, mom. Love you, sis. Love you. Friend. Love languages. Yeah. It's all love, the love, love. love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and there is this uh, tremendous expression of love. Uh, and so that needs to remain constant. 
with boys, if you say, men aren't going around saying, I respect you, man. I respect <laughs> we, we, we don't do that. But there are these moments and, and that, that it comes where I really believe in you or I really want to honor you for this or I salute you for this. Even with your definition, honor is doing above and beyond. I try to create a picture for boys to see themselves as like a Navy SEAL, mm-hmm. that they are part of something here. And we're doing the honorable thing, even though the person may not deserve that. That mm-hmm. it's because we are men of honor. Right. That we, we do honorable things, even if the other person doesn't deserve it. It's not a matter of them deserving it. We do that because this is who we are. Right. And we can appeal to the boys and they'll get it. You think, well, this is an abstract idea, respect or honor. And, and certainly if you just say, what does respect mean to you to a six-year-old? He may not know. But if you say, would you rather me say, I love you when you dress like Superman mm-hmm. or that I really respect you when you dress like Superman? Oh, mm-hmm. respect. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got to connect it. Some others mm-hmm. say, why well, asked my boy if he intuitively knew it? And he didn't. So therefore, this is not a valid message. <laughs> He's, he doesn't think abstractly. He thinks concretely in these early years. Just trust me, this will work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think sets it up him up for success to in choosing a wife who respects him versus if he only knows contempt and criticism, he might just out of that's what he knows, choose that. And, and that can lead him down these marriage issues that you address in love and respect. Oh, Dr. Emerson, so amazing. Are, do you have any last words? I just feel like this episode is so chock full of goodness. I'm just so well, thankful for you. No, I'm just uh, very grateful for your uh, interest and your willingness to read the book and, and to realize, again, if a mother's listening who's a little bit older, it doesn't make any difference the age. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I talk about the 90-year-old? Oh. No, you need to talk about that. You said at the end, we'll talk about yes. if it doesn't well, matter, if they're what, 48. What if, exactly. What if a 90-year-old father said to a 70-year-old daughter, honey, I've realized now in the last days of my life that I failed you. I failed to be a loving dad. Can you find it in your heart to forgive me? I realize now I, I, I truly was wrong and I hurt you and I failed to love you. Can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Given that sincere and genuine, I don't know of any 70-year-old daughter who wouldn't forgive right. her father because right. it's within her nature to respond to that humble, humble, genuine uh, confession. Okay, so if a mother says, for 40 years I've been speaking contempt, all you have to do is say, honey, I awakened to something. I have dishonored you. I didn't realize the extent to which I was violating the honor code. Can you find it in your heart in the days ahead to forgive me? I really see something now and I've hurt you. I've dishonored you. If you send that message, you're, you've entered what I call the honor code, and it's almost 100% guarantee that the boy will soften. And if he's, he, most boys will say, no, mom, it's okay. It's all right. Nope. And, and, but what will happen then, you're going to find the nature of your relationship change. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, boys are not as communicative. They're not as expressive, responsive. But you'll begin to see gestures that are as clear as the sun in the sky that was not there. You had these dark days and suddenly there's, but others might say, well, that's not that big of a deal, but you will know it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a mother who said, I'll, she had two boys, adult sons who were in their mid-20s and there, were, you know, there was some tension in their you know, relationship a little bit. And she said, in talking to my sons on the phone, I thought I would try out the respect thing. I want it to be more than, it's kind of like a father saying, I want to try out that love thing. <laughs> She said, instead of always ending our conversations with I love you, I said, I respect you and made it very personal to their situation. Then she said this, and this is why I said mothers know, one son got quiet. Mm. 
and then said, thank you, mom. And she said, which really touched my heart. See, she knew. She knew she could sense something was hugely different. Then she said, another son who is more distant from us emotionally and spiritually also got quiet Mm. and then said, I love you. Mm. Which he seldom says first or responds to when I say it. She Mm. said to me, this was awesome. Mm. Mm. The need gets met in a way, and when we go beyond what's natural for us, I just think that God is so creative that He stretches us, <laughs> that we can't just do what comes naturally in marriage and mothering, that we are reliant on Him and His Spirit to uh, have eyes to see the needs of our boys, the needs of our husbands. Men, if you're listening, the needs of your daughters, and um, so huge. We know many things naturally from experience. But Jesus Christ said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every Mm -hmm. word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We who are Christ followers live by what we call the revelatory worldview, that God has spoken, that he has revealed truth. Why would God command me to love my wife? You would think that would be natural. But it's not natural for me to do that when I feel disrespected. So God has given me a divine command. And if I did it naturally, the command would be moot. <laughs> but it wouldn't, I, yeah, 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 you wouldn't so be reliant. He, he yeah. reveals this to me as a reminder, as an insight that I need to treat Sarah a certain way when I don't want to do that naturally. My instincts tell me, if you diss me, I'm not going to love you. It's not within my nature to love someone who shows me contempt any more than it's within the nature of a wife to put on respect toward a husband who's failing to be loving toward her. So we're not talking about being in harm's way. My mother left my dad for six years because of that. But we're talking about, you know what, we're mad at each other. They're coming across unloving and disrespectful to me. It isn't within my heart to return love for the lack of respect or to put on respect on the heels of lack of love. So we have to then live by revelation. And as you were pointing out, if we continue to hear the voices of the culture or listen to our own experience about how we think we ought to treat our sons, because as a woman, this is what we would want to be treated as, we're going to make a huge mistake. We have to trust that God is revealing something to us that we wouldn't necessarily pick up on our own. Mm. You have this quote, she lives independent of his behavior and opinion of her. It's it, it's so good what you're saying. And I w- I want people to be able to get this book I'm assuming they can get it wherever books are sold. Is that correct? correct. Yes, it, they can get it at loveandrespect.com, L-O-V-E-A-N-D-R-E-S-P-E-C-T.com. <laughs> okay. But it, uh, it was the number one family Christian family book on uh, Amazon for a while. It's all the outlets, all the Christian bookstores. In fact, your, your listeners, we have a lot of social media. We have almost 2 million on our Facebook. We're putting out content every day, and uh, we would love for them to become familiar with with that resource and others. So that'd be fantastic. And you and I were talking uh, before we started recording that you and your son have a podcast. So if you're a podcast listener and you need more good Christian content, uh, okay, what's the name of your podcast? It's the Love and Respect Podcast. Fabulous and, uh, Jonathan's name. a clinical psychologist. <laughs> exactly, original. Uh, Jonathan's a clinical psychologist. Uh, he became a clinical psychologist probably because of all the issues he has due to my poor parenting. No. But uh, we are excited about it. It's pastor and uh, psychologist, father and son, where uh, faith uh, and, you know, psychology meet. And uh, it's kind of exciting. We are thrilled. In fact, it's exploded. We had no idea this would take off. Yeah, people people are listening uh, as they, I don't know where everyone's listening right now even, but I've heard while they're working out, while they're folding laundry, doing dishes, on the way to work, working. It's um, 
something yep. you can do on the go and be inspired. And, and I do have a lot of people email me asking for things like I do, but for husbands. So Wonderful. I, I don't know if you're, I, I'm assuming yours is just for parents in general, but is it for, uh, yes, no, it's, 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 no, it's a cross. No, it's primarily first and foremost on marriage. Okay. The, the parenting, which love and respect in the family deals with parenting and in the mother and son book, which is new, but also pastorally. I just did a thing on why people are mad at God, a two part series. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. So we will hit a lot of theological issues based on my 20 years being in the pastorate. Fabulous. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on here and sharing all that you're doing. And I just feel like this could be revolutionary for uh, relationships. So. Oh, Thank you've been you. a delight, Heather. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Have a great right. day. Blessings. Bye-bye. Well, I hope that was helpful for you with all of the men in your life, that you can have a new perspective on how to respect them. And again, that respect is a positive tone towards their spirit. I've even found that term to be helpful in my interactions with my boys and helping them interact with each other, like I mentioned earlier. Thanks, y'all, for your reviews and your comments and your emails If you're new to the show, don't forget that you can always subscribe so you can get up-to-the-date, up-to-date episode notifications. Uh, Y'all are the best. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.